Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Grit Fitness and Performance Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Chris Sanchez, and today uh, Matthew Emmons is here with us to discuss the uh, the 12 rules of health and fitness, and we did the first six rules uh, about a week ago, so not that it really matters in terms of the order that you hear these, but if you haven't heard the first six, it would pro- you know obviously probably benefit you to, to hear those as well, so I'd probably recommend going back and listening to that first episode. And uh, just as always, if you guys like the podcast, um, share it with your friends, your grandmother, your butcher, your barber, uh, scream it from a mountaintop. Um, Obviously, share it helps us. And if you're listening on Apple, Apple, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, leave us a rating or a review. Those always help. Uh, I'm not sure if you can do anything on Spotify, but um, sharing it helps too. And of course, if you want any more information on uh, any. Anything that we put out, visit the website at Grit Fitness and Performance Pod. Jesus, at Grit Fitness and Performance.com. I'm not on my game today. And uh, you can check us out on social media at Grit Fitness and Performance. Uh, same thing on Facebook. Um, so, Matt, how are you today on this lovely Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday, all day. I'm doing good, ready to rock and roll. Awesome. See what we got today. All right. So, like I said in the very beginning, we are doing a continuation of the 12 rules. Uh, for health and fitness, and this was inspired by the book Twelve Rules for Life" by Jordan Peterson, and we're just took, uh, you know, putting a um, a spin on it, so it's geared specifically towards uh, health and fitness. So we're gonna pick right off where we um, left last time with rule number seven out of the twelve rules, and that is. Take the time now to train fast and powerful, or you're going to regret it later. And when I wrote this rule, um, it is because training for speed and power and for, you know, a lack of better terms, explosiveness as you age, particularly after the age, you know, 30, really, um, your ability to display power and recruit your muscles quickly diminishes faster than any other physical quality that you have so you know every year after 35 you do unless you do something about it you get a little bit weaker your muscles get a little bit smaller you get a little bit slower but your ability to display power and move quick i think it declines like twice as fast as everything else i don't know the exact numbers um, but i'm pretty sure um, it declines twice as fast as everything else. And the reason that's so important is because, I mean, number one, being able to move quickly, explosively, um, having good reaction, so to speak, uh, it's basically just like the fountain of youth. Um, you see all these old people walking around and they're generally just slow and they don't move fast and they, they just look like they're kind of like, you know, walking through like thick mud, so to speak. And one of the things that I found most interesting about kind of like this line of thinking is it's um, like when, you know, when an older person falls and they break a hip, like you hear that a lot um, in the elderly, you know, population, it's not because they're like brittle. And while that might be a part of it, the reason why they fall and break a hip is because they're too damn slow to actually catch themselves to prevent themselves from falling in the first place. Now, sure, you know, strength training probably makes their bones a little bit stronger, makes them more resilient. But the fact that they're too slow to actually do anything about it is a just uh, it's a huge quality of life issue. So uh, and then you think about like emergency situations like 
I can't really think of a single emergency situation where um, in terms of like something happening where you have to respond unexpectedly, whether it be, you know, you have to get out of the way of a, a car that hopped a curb or something like that, or your kids running into the street or you're falling off of a ladder. Like all of those things require you to move very fast. So when you lose that ability and you can't move fast, you basically just put yourself at risk for a lot of bad shit happening to you that you don't want to have happen. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on this one? No, I think that, so years ago when I was, you know, when I started kind of doing my own thing and, and, um, I started gearing towards, you know, a certain population, I thought that the, you know, the 50 and older and a little bit of the baby boomers was, was kind of a cool market and it was a fun market to get after. And, you know, the more I got into it and the more I started talking with a lot of people, a lot of things, you know, start popping up that, you know, being, what was I, 32 at the time would never have crossed my mind. Um, and how much power, like over the years of training people, you, you know, you're, you're talking and asking questions and they tell you things and, and, and so much of power work, things that I would never have thought about and how that helps you as you get older and being, you know, anybody who's in their 20s and 30s, you're not thinking about that stuff now. You're worried about how you look. You're worried about, you know, how you feel, blah, blah, blah. But as we get older, um, just like you said, like a trip and fall is a totally different story. I mean, if you're in your, you know, late 60s, early 70s and you have a trip and fall, I mean, that's a that's an issue. I mean, you, you could be out for the count for a while, but, um, I was talking to somebody one time and, and she basically told me that she tripped the other day, but she, number one, had the quickness and number two, had the strength to get her foot in front of her and catch herself with, you know, with her leg, almost like, you know, as you're going down into like a borderline lunge position. And, um, she was like, I couldn't believe it. She was like, seven months ago, I'd have been face first on the ground. Cause my toe, I wouldn't have got my toe off the ground. I had a trip face first and you know, broken my wrist or something and then the more you know you kind of think about those things and and i talked you know talking to more people that were in the groups and asking questions and all that kind of stuff and and that was that was huge it, it you know whether it was tripping and catching yourself you know on a, with a hand or or you know anything that you, you had talked about things that you have to move quickly for but that was the one that stood out in front because trip and falls are so you know prevalent when as we get older and you know my grandfather was the same way he tripped and fell hurt himself you know banged up um, and then, you know, I, you know, we have all have experiences of knowing people, you know, elderly people that are, you know, getting injured by tripping and falling. And I think power work is number one, way underutilized, um, just in training programs because nobody thinks about it or number two, nobody really knows what to do. Um, but number two, it's so beneficial and, you know, it's hard to think about that in our twenties and thirties, but it's definitely something to make part of your program and stick with it. I mean, there's so many things you can do. You know, I mean, you do simple stuff that's power. People don't even realize it's power, mm -hmm. but super important. Right, yeah. And it's, to me, and you kind of touched on this too, like I, I, a lot of clients will come in here and, you know, we'll have them do, like you said, nothing crazy, yeah. but like med ball throws or sled sprints or kettlebell swings or, you know, um, like box jump variations that are not worthy of being on the internet um, yeah. <laughs> just because they're not like, you know, super intense or whatnot. But I, I think the average gym goer doesn't realize just how important being able to move fast is and not enough people program it in their training regularly. Like I've had clients ask me like, why, why am I doing this? Like it doesn't make sense for yeah. my goals and you have to like explain to them. And it was funny, I had a client 
who asked that same question, like, why am I throwing this? Why am I jumping? Why am I doing all this like speed stuff? And I would try to tell her like, listen, we're not chasing fatigue. Like we're going for absolute max power, blah, blah, blah. And I explained the whole spiel. And then she came in like two weeks later and she, you know, she basically same story like that you had with your client, like, oh my God, you know, I, I, I tripped and I caught myself and I wouldn't have been able to do that. And she's like, now I get it. And it's just, it's unfortunate that power is like one of those, like not, Everyone, it's like too little, too late. Like something bad happened and they're like, oh, I wish I had done something like that um, to help prevent this type of stuff. But so like if you're listening out there, we're not talking about like power and explosiveness like you see, you know, NFL players doing yeah, like prepping. clean and jerk. It's right. Yeah. Simple. You're not you're not power cleaning like, you know, 200 pounds and, you know, push jerking it over your head or anything like that. But like, you know, sprint variations, everyone can do that. Um, you know, like even low level plyometrics, like just simple hops. Um, box jumps are a good one as long as you don't do it like a jackass and you do it for rep and you start to get fatigued. Um, throwing stuff is a good one, but just. Uh, and even performing some of your lifts, like in your regularly, you know, your regular training program, like a deadlift, like lower the weight and lift it as fast as humanly possible. Like that's training for power as well. Um, but those are all things that everyone can do in their training program and that everyone should be doing on a regular you know, basis just to number one, preserve your youth, uh, enhance your quality of life and just make sure that you don't run into these issues of putting yourself in a dangerous situation as you begin to age. Um, and then quite frankly, you're just able to handle life a little bit better. I mean, I know from personal experience, I've had to lunge and dive and save Nolan, uh, my two-year-old son, a handful of times because he's a you know a clumsy little toddler and he doesn't you know have full control of his body yet. So you gotta you know make sure he fall doesn't fall down the steps or do whatever it is that kids are getting into these days. But um, everyone, out, you have to start training for power at some point or another. The sooner the better, and it has to be a regular part of your programming. Uh, any more uh, two cents to add to that? No, not without rambling. I think that, you know, I think it's just important. And it, and I think finding ways to, you know, where you relate it to real life is right. really all that matters because then you can kind of start to see, oh, I get it. Yeah, definitely. So moving right along, uh, rule number eight. And um, this one is fairly simple. It's um, have fun. Yeah. And this is, it's basically like a lot of the rules that we talk about um, it's basically another way of saying like be consistent and I think have fun is another way of helping people stay consistent because quite frankly if you're not enjoying what you're doing when it comes to you know your fitness routine or your health routine or whatever it may be you're not going to stick with it and the number one thing that probably contributes to overall success and seeing results is being consistent so I remember I had this conversation on social media with someone, I made a post or something like that about, um, you know, enjoying what you do, even if it's like not necessarily the ideal thing in terms of like what we would recommend. Um, and you know, she kind of like disagreed with us and said like, you know, how you, how can you promote someone having fun and doing nonstop cardio, um, instead of strength training, blah, 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 something like that. And I, I kind of explained it to her and I'm like, listen, I would rather have someone do cardio and enjoy it and not do a goddamn thing and just sit on their ass all day. And then once you start to enjoy it, you become more open to trying 
other things, which we've had happen here numerous times. People come in here and they're just all about cardio, jog, 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 jog. And, um, you know, their friend comes here and they're telling them, oh, it's great. Like they strength train, have fun. That person's going to be more open to trying the like strength training and the things that we would probably recommend and we would prioritize rather than the person who's just not doing anything at all. Um, what do you think, Ben? <laughs> I think. I think this is an easy one in terms of just talking about not a lot to say, but again, I, you know, without reiterating everything you just said, you have to find something that you enjoy. If you find something you enjoy, like you said, it opens more avenues. You're more open to it and it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like we're not telling people, you know, go out of your mind and, you know, just find something you like. It could be walking for starters. It could be you know, it doesn't matter. Go garden. Just get outside and move. Find something you enjoy about movement. And then, you know, you know, hopefully that leads to other things. And I think that, you know, the biggest thing is we just sit too much. People got to move. Find something you enjoy and get out there and do it. Yep, I agree. And now, I mean, like as a disclaimer, I think both of us would probably say like, yes, everyone should probably prioritize strength training. Uh, yeah. Not everyone likes to strength train, you know what I mean? So, like, of course, we would recommend it to clients and we would tell them, like, it's super, super important. But listen, if you're going to try to force someone to deadlift and squat and they fucking they hate doing it, they're not going to want to keep doing it. And it's just going to discourage them from doing other sort of things. So I would rather have someone find something they enjoy, make it a consistent part of their routine, and then hopefully try to expand their you know horizons, so to speak as they go on and that's how you get to long-term results so i mean I, th I think too many people are just focused on the right now you know the instant gratification um but it's really not a, we're, we're looking for long-term results and this approach i feel like is going to lead to more long-term results but i mean this is a fairly uh, simple and straightforward rule just have fun find something you enjoy make it a consistent part of your routine and then from there you can kind of dive a little bit deeper maybe prioritize uh certain things moving right along because that one was fairly simple we don't need to spend a lot of time on that one um rule number nine is focus on habits and behaviors and not results and i i wrote this one because i think too many people are strictly focused on the number on the scale or the body fat percentage or the whatever it may be and they just have that kind of like singular focus of just this one thing but they're not too concerned about what are the processes and kind of daily habits that are going to get me there and it's kind of like a like a snowball effect so if you if you focus on let's just say you you want to decrease body fat and you want to get down to 15 percent for for a guy he's at 24% right now. He wants to get down to 15%. So instead of just harping on that number and thinking about 15 every single day, like 15%, got to get to 15%. Like why not focus on like the little things that you can do every single day that will help you get to there and build better habits and build better behaviors. Um, and it's, it's kind of like, I use this example all the time with like clients. It's kind of like how compound interest works, like in a, like a savings account or something like that. So like, it'll pile up like two cents here, three cents here, a dollar here, a dollar there. And you never notice it. But over time, over the course of like six months, you look in your bank account one day and you're like, Oh wow. Like I got an extra hundred dollars, but you didn't really like notice it happen. You know what I mean? So I think more people need to focus on the processes that will help them get to the results not necessarily the results 
themselves because then you can become neurotic and you can kind of just get an, into the wrong mind frame and it just leads to more issues. What say you, Matthew? Yeah, no. To, you know, to me, you know, life is really about the little things. You know, it's that little thing that makes you makes you smile. It's that little thing that makes you happier. And, and it can be something so stupid and silly, but it's it translates to so many different things, and especially in the health and fitness world, because you know, one little habit change, and, and and I think a lot of times people get too carried away with trying to change too many, and I think that's why so many people fail at weight loss and you know whatever they're trying to do. Um, but one little habit change, you know, every couple months or every month, next thing you know, you know, you've lost 10 to 15 pounds or you've put on a little bit of muscle and you're feeling better, you're looking better. It, it just goes a long way for, you know, maintained, you know, weight loss and health and, you know, your, your fitness and, and all that stuff. And it's, and, and, and we talk about it a lot, like over, overthinking and being consistent, but it's true. You know, the small habits are what lead to, you know, long-term success no matter what you look at it's you know wake up at the same time every single day start those you know little things make sure you're drinking i don't know you're you know 60 70 80 ounces or 60 ounces of water a day or, or you're you're all right i'm gonna move every single day at least for 15 to 20 minutes or i'm gonna make sure i strength chain you know once or twice a week or whatever it's the small little things that over time and like kind of leads back to have fun it starts to compound itself and oh i like doing this let me see if i like doing this maybe it opens up into you know i started doing some pilates one time a week and i also do strength training i also you know you know this that and the other and next thing you know you're moving you know a hundred times more than you had been eight nine ten eleven months ago mm -hmm. um but again that's it's all the small things it's the small things in life that build up and and keep your momentum and the process going and at the end of the day you look back and you're like holy shit you know, I just lost 50 pounds and my body might, you know, I'm feeling good. I look good in my clothes. It wasn't a, let me jump on a 30 day diet and lose all my weight as fast as I can. Cause good luck with that. You, you're SOL. You're not, there's no shot. You're going to stick to that stuff because in that one month, you maybe just changed 20 to 30 habits of yours and there's no shot you stick with it. Mm -hmm. So those small habits that build and, and, and compact snowball, um, you know, those are the ones that are going to maintain it. And I think it's the biggest thing is that everybody just wants results now yes. as opposed to give it time because that's what, you know, that's what we do. Give it time and it'll it'll shed. And then I'm not as worried about you having to put the weight back on or, or falling back into bad habits because those habits are a thing in the past. They're, they're, they're 8, 9, 10 months old, 11 months old, and you've been doing these new things over and over and over again, you know, countless times. It's a lot harder to revert back to something that, you know, to something uh, to an old bad habit after you've been doing something for that long so yeah and i those think small one, guys are big yeah and uh, one of the things you said that i kind of want to like elaborate on is i like i'll tell all my clients like when it comes to you know focusing on habits and trying to improve your daily behaviors like you absolutely have to start like small like laughably small because too many people will try to bite off more than they can chew and it's been proven uh time and time again that you are more likely to fail with everything that you try to change all at once. So if you try to change one thing and just focus on that one thing, you'll see results 80% of the time. If you try to fix two things, now your success rate goes down to like 55%. If you try to fix three things at once, then it goes down to like 22% or something like that. So I think when it comes to changing these habits and these daily behaviors, like everyone has to take a very, very, very small and easy approach 
uh, in the beginning just because that will lead to success for the first week. And then you can build off of that one success. And then you don't run into that thing of where you're like, oh my God, like I'm just drinking water and I'm only eating broccoli and boiled chicken and I'm, you know, running, you know, three miles a day and I'm lifting weights four times a week and holy, like, fuck, this is hard. And then you run into that thing where you get discouraged because it's too hard and it's too much and it's too big of a change and you get discouraged and your motivation gets low and it's just not sustainable in the long run. So that's why like shows like The Biggest Loser and whatnot, the thing they don't tell you is when that show ends, like 95% of all those people gain all the weight back. Cause like what you don't know about those shows is they go from a lifestyle of like 500 steps a day and you know, eating real life. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of calories. And then they go on this show where it's completely flipped and they're doing like 15,000 steps a day and they're only eating like 1200 calories. And it's such a dramatic change that when they're released back into the real world, there's no way they can keep up with that type of lifestyle when the cameras aren't in their face and they're not living, you know, in some separate house and, you know, their spouse is back and the kids are back and they have to go back to work. And it's just like they bit off way too much and now everything's come crashing down. So like when it comes to your behaviors and your habits and if you're trying to change things for the better smaller is always better like you know if you're trying to give up soda and i've used this example with clients many many times like replace one sip of soda with water like the first day just one sip and then everyone's like like that's so easy like give me something tougher well that's the fucking point like it should be so easy so that when you go to do more that seems easy and then when you go to do more the next day that seems easy and then come month two what you initially wanted to do day one seems so easy that it's just like a good progression and it's sustainable in the long run. So again, um, stop focusing on the end goal, start focusing on these little teeny like baby habits and just build off of just a little bit better every single day. It's the same thing for training. Like, you know, you're not trying to go from a hundred pounds to 200 pounds in one week. You're trying to go from a hundred pounds on the squat to 110 pounds, like little teeny tiny little baby steps yeah Um, it's just like precision nutrition says if you sit there and you're looking at habit change it should be something that when you look at like you just said in terms of taking that sip can you do that if you can't get a yes answer out of it and you're like "Uh, maybe well then don't try like it should be a yes answer if i could sit there and say can you drink 20 ounces of water today yes i can do that well can you drink 40 uh that might don't do it go to 20 start with that and then you build up the next time all right well now we're trying 30 can you do that yeah, I think I can do that. I can do that because I just did 20, 30 is no problem. But if you give yourself that option of having a maybe, you're not going to do it. So it should be something so easy, like Chris said, that you can sit there and say, I can absolutely, definitely do that. No problem. Good. Do it. Agreed. Totally. Um, so uh, where are we at? I, all right. Ten. So, All right. So focus on habits and behaviors, not your end result. Um, so next rule is <clears> – <throat> 10,000 steps per day is good, but it's not great. You have to move your body in multiple planes. And I, I wrote this one because I kind of have like um, a, a story from like the quarantine and COVID and whatnot. Um, so like during quarantine, obviously I wasn't at work a lot and I was watching Nolan and I, you know, wasn't really moving a whole hell of a lot. Um, but um, it, it opened my eyes to just how important like general activity was. So nothing changed during my quarantine routine. I I have a home gym with it's fully stocked. I can lift there. Um, I still ate good. I still slept really good. Stress wasn't too bad. But for the most part, like my day to day routine didn't change, except 
I stopped moving as much as I did at work. And then after three months, because my general activity went down, like I got noticeably fluffier. I didn't get fat, but like, you know, you the, fat. yeah, I Just totally, kidding. none of my clothes fit anymore, which is true now, but that's a different story. Um, but it, it kind of opened my eyes to just how important um, general activity was. So like, I think the recommendation of 10,000 steps per day is good, but it's not a great recommendation because walking is very, it's in one plane of motion. Uh, your body is capable of moving in all sorts of directions and multiple planes and whatnot. And when you don't expose your joints and your muscles um, to these, you know, different, you know, planes of movement and rotation and abduction and all these things that you're capable of, well, what happens over time is you basically lose the ability to do so. So like, you know, getting 10,000 steps per day is a good recommendation for everyone for the most part. But too many people get caught up in, oh, I got my 10,000 steps per day, but I haven't, you know, rotated my hip internally or externally in three months. And that's a problem too, because that can lead to its own set of issues. Matt, what do you say? No, I, I think this is pretty simple. It's yeah. 10,000 is great. I think 10,000 is great for people that are, you know, working from home and not moving all damn day. But like you said, you got to do other things, which is why I think silly things like yard work are big time movers. I mean, you're, whether you're raking, but now, nowadays everything is easy. You got a leaf blower, you got a, you know, we got everything you need. It's mechanical and makes it easy. But you know, those type of th types of things are huge to get out there and move. And like you said, if you're not rotating, you're not, you just end up not using 50% of your body because you don't do anything. So yes, I mean, just multiple plane movements and whatever you can do doesn't matter. Yard work, um, shit, I don't know. What else can you do? I went <laughs> but, black right there. I mean, the thing I always, it sounds stupid, but I'll tell people if you want to move your body in more multiple planes, um, super simple way to do it is just sit on the floor more often. That's no, true. Because yeah. when you sit on the floor, unless your legs are like you know straight out in front of you, like you got to sit uh, mm -hmm. Indian style, or I guess they call it crisscross applesauce because that's not politically correct Shit, anymore. Roll around. Yeah, but like rolling around on the ground. So like again, I'll use my son as an example. Like I see him sit on the ground all the time, and he just naturally he's in a ninety ninety position. His hips are internally rotated. He's he's yeah. seated in all sorts of these positions that like look like stretches that I have clients do like for warm ups and whatnot. But he's just doing it willy nilly, just like no problem. And I think the easiest way for you as an adult to do that is to simply just get your ass on the floor and just find different ways to sit. Like there's there's no there's not even a right or wrong way to do it. Just get on the floor, put your leg in one direction, put the other one in another direction, just explore movement for the most part. Like it's a stupid way, but it's a really easy way to introduce that type of movement um, in multiple planes. And then of course there's you know actual like mobility drills and like flows and whatnot that you can do but just as a simple like everyday thing just get your ass on the floor if you're watching tv get your ass off the couch sit down on the floor and just experiment with how you can move your body and what position can i put uh, my leg in and personally i love the 90 90 position because it gets one leg or one hip i should say externally rotated and then it internally rotates the other leg so like you're getting the best of both worlds right there um, and you can just do like easy stuff, just switch back and forth between those two positions. You can do this laying in bed. Like it's just, you just have to be conscious about it um, because 
you know, it's just like the, the power and explosive thing. Like, if you don't do it now, you will regret it later when you move like a, a rusty Tin Man when you're, you know, 65 years old. Um, so just... Seen some of them. He, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I've seen some of them who should not be that way, just yeah. given their age, yeah. um, which is a shame. But we're working to fix it. Um, but again, 10,000 steps per day is good, but it's not optimal. If you really want to kind of like get your body get your body right you got to start moving it in multiple planes of emotion so just get on the floor roll around play with your dog play with your kid um play with army men and gi joes just get on the floor harness your inner roll child around with your dog yeah and uh easy way to do it <clears throat> next rule rule number 11 and this one is fairly simple and straightforward my it arch is, nemesis <laughs> it is sleep a minimum seven hours every single night that son of a bitch yes and i think the i think most people think the minimum amount you should sleep is six hours every night but i'm, I'm pretty sure they've come out with more research that says like seven is actually the bare minimum you should try you should try to get every single night if you're looking to like reap the benefits of quality sleep so like six is good but i think there's like there, there's a whole bunch of statistics there's a bunch out there now yeah a, a whole bunch like one of my favorite ones is i think it was like people who get less than six hours of sleep for like five days straight are basically like equivalent to someone who's legally drunk in terms of like how their brain functions in terms of like you know the, the thinking process and how quick they're able to come up with um you know conclusions and reactions and just like how they go about it so that was that was kind of eye-opening to me and coming from someone who did not sleep well for probably like a year straight because of my son, I can absolutely tell you, you are a different person when you do not sleep well. You are dumber, you are uglier, you're fatter, you're less funny, you're a miserable prick. Uh, Explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> cravings, like, I mean, you you literally are, like, like if there was a like an alternate dimension and like the shittier version of you came through a portal like that is you on less sleep no all for, about that sure yeah and i know well yeah here you go you tell your story yeah no i just you know i'm not a great sleeper i'm a very light sleeper um so you know for me uh, it yeah it's a struggle and it's very important and i figured this out over the years obviously but it's very if i get to sleep you know, because we're up, what, 5 o'clock every single day. We're, I'm here by 540, 545. Um, it's super important for me to be in bed and asleep before 1030. After that mark, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Um, after that 1030 mark, it just it's, – it's, my mornings are a lot different. And especially if after it compiles like a handful of days in a row and maybe I get – you know, I've, I've just been dicking around or whatever, but, you know, maybe it's 1045 and it's 11, then it's, you know, 1110, it's back 1045. Um, it just, it beats me up just because we're on our feet a lot and we're moving around and it's, I don't know what it is, but I just struggle. Not only that, but, you know, I'm, you know, sleep deficit, you know, is a real thing. There's no such thing as catching up with it. But um, the days that I get my ass to sleep by like, or in bed by 10, 10, 15, I feel 10 times better Um than I than I do on those other days, and especially if I can get a string of them together, um, you know I feel really really good. But the issue is staying asleep. You know I I, I fall asleep I fall asleep fine, and then next thing you know it's three o'clock I'm up, and I got three and a half four hours sleep, and you know I lay there for two and a half hours or two hours before I got to get up. So you know I know all about what sleep does to you, and you know my workouts are shit. I'm irritable, and 
you know, I, I just don't feel like talking to a lot of times, which is a bit of a problem in this field. Um, when I, when I'm rolling in at 5:45, and you know, there's seven people coming in, and you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, super important. And whether that's, um, you know, me starting to just turn shit off on time, like you know, the, all right, no, you know, not that I get a chance to watch too much TV, but if I do get home early one night, TV's off by 9:15, 9, 9, you know, 9, 9:15, I start getting ready for bed, keep a little habit. Um, and then once I start stringing them together, it's, it feels great. You know, it's, 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 it's definitely real, um, getting your ass to bed. And I, I do believe in the whole, the circadian rhythm stuff, um, and just maintaining a schedule. Um, I think you, you know, definitely feel a lot better than you do, but yeah, sleep is a, uh, sleep is a struggle for me. So it's something that I fight with and I struggle with, um, day in and day out, but it's, it's getting into those habits. And again, we go back to habit stuff. It's getting into my habits, making sure I'm turning things off, put the phone down, you know, airplane mode, turn it off, whichever. Um, I don't have a TV in my room, which is helpful. So when I go to bed, it's bed, you know, um, but serious stuff, man, that stuff, you know, it's, if you're not getting sleep, your, your workouts are going to suffer. Your daily life's going to suffer. Your you name it. It doesn't yeah. matter. Literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. Every single thing. Yeah. Stress is going to be higher because you can't handle it as well. Yep. Um, yeah. You overeat. Every damn thing. Yeah. Oh, yep. that's another thing. The days that I don't sleep, God, I'm hungry as hell all the damn time. And not yep. for good things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a sweet tooth as it is, as everybody knows yeah. it, knows yeah. us. Yeah. But you know, those I, days are brutal. Yeah. It's been proven when you don't sleep. I mean, literally every aspect of your health, with, like specifically when it comes to like, you know, you know fat gain and gaining weight and stuff like that like literally the hormones that make you feel full make you feel hungry are totally like effed totally fucked uh they're completely backwards so like you feel hungrier all the time and it takes more food to make you satisfied so like they they say on average when you don't sleep uh well you overeat by three to five hundred calories like every single day that you don't eat so you you literally you're you're turning into like a, a chubby little bastard when you don't sleep well mm-hmm. um and we had we did a podcast earlier um, I think it was like 19 ways to improve your sleep. So we won't really dive too deep into like ha- how to actually go about like, yeah. you know, making sure it's a consistent sleep and wake time and like all the strategies um, just because there's like an hour podcast. Let's dedicated. just start with small habits again. Right. And again. Shut things off. Get mm-hmm. your ass to bed. Start a routine, a bedtime. Start a bedtime routine. Yes. You know, to, to gear your body down, put the phone down, turn the TV off. You know, maybe read a book. I don't know. You know, read a book or, you know, hit the the lights are out by so-and-so every single night. Just work on habits. Be, you know, small, short and sweet. Make them quick. Yep. Easy. Yeah. Um, Like, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of strategies you can do. Like they say, like if you have a TV in your bedroom, that's usually one of the the worst things you can do for sleep just because the light from the screen basically stimulates your brain the same way sunlight would. And it, it keeps your brain awake. Like, okay, sun's out. Like I should be awake getting food, doing everything I need to do to survive. So they say your bedroom should only be for two things, sleep and sex for the most part. Um, so if you have a TV in your room, you should consider you know, getting rid of it and hopefully you don't have a spouse who would fight you um, on that one. But again, um, there we, we already did a podcast, so I'll, I'll link that in the show notes if you guys are interested. Um, I think it was like 19 ways to improve your sleep. But just, just know, you, you have to get your sleep um, every single night, minimum seven hours. It's, it's usually the first big domino to fall when it comes to like your overall health. Like if your sleep is screwed up, everything else beyond that point, your diet's gonna be screwed up, your ability to exercise is gonna be screwed up, you're gonna be more stressed out. I, I, like every physical, mm-hmm. mental, and emotional aspect 
of your body gets worse when you sleep like shit. It's and, just a fact. And I know there was some of that conflicting research, but wasn't there something that I, and I forget where it was, or was it a book that said that six to seven hour range just can be just as bad as oversleeping? You know, I, like yeah, I've I know heard. there's conflicting research with things like right. that, but it just I think that you're right. That that seven hours is so important. Yes. and some people are really good at it. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Um, yeah, kiss my ass. Um, <laughs> But that seven hours, if I can string together a handful of nights, I mean, I don't know if I've ever, you know, I don't know the last time I had seven straight, but like if I can string together a couple nights where it's that's over six and a half hours, I feel so much better. Yes. And I think the one thing I do want to say here, because I don't know if I said it in the, the sleep episode. The, so the amount of sleep you get is from when you fall asleep to when you wake up. It's not when you put your head to the pillow and you know, you take that half hour to try to fall asleep. Like a lot of clients will come in here and be like, yeah, I got a great eight hours. Like what time did you go to bed? Uh, around like 1030. But I didn't fall asleep until like midnight. Well, that's not the, <laughs> like that's not the same thing. Sleep means seven hours of sleep, like REM sleep. You're not awake at all. So that's what you have to focus on. It's not from when you go to bed to when you wake up. It's when you fall asleep to when you wake up that you need that seven every single night. Moving on. The last rule, number 12, is prioritize and manage your stress uh, management in whatever way works for you. So the way I describe stress to uh, consults when they come in for the first time and they sit down with us is I describe stress as basically the silent saboteur for all your results and all your success because not a lot of people think constantly being stressed out can affect their um, weight loss efforts or their ability to train really hard or their ability to stay on a healthy diet or fall asleep or like whatever it may be, uh, but it absolutely 100% does. So like if you're constantly stressed the fuck out 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's going to basically just wreak havoc within your body. Hormones that are supposed to be up at a certain point of the day are going to be suppressed. Hormones that are supposed to be suppressed are going to be raging like cortisol. It's going to eat away at your muscle. It's going to uh, make you insulin resistant. It's going to increase fat storage. Um, it's going to totally screw up your ability to fall and stay asleep. It's going to make you overeat. It's going to just, like I said, like it's not something that a lot of people just like front and center like, oh, I'm really stressed. Like I should do my breathing exercises today. It's more of a thing where you kind of like sweep it under the rug because it doesn't seem that important. But I can 100% guarantee you that it is important. Um, mm -hmm. What do you say? No, I know this, this is kind of more up you know your alley with you know because you kind of get into this a lot more than than i typically do but um it's real you know managing your stress and finding ways it's you know you've seen me when i'm stressed out um you know we see everybody come in here that's stressed out and it's, you're just a different person um find ways that you're comfortable dealing with it and do it you know because it's It'll wreak havoc on everything internally, and then once that's happening, it starts to you know breed through your emotions and 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 just how you're feeling and how you're acting, how you're treating people and stuff like that. So I mean, this isn't. I mean, I think most everybody knows this stuff. It's just you know it's real. Yeah. Take your time to do it. Figure out a way that that you're comfortable. You know, de-stressing. Yeah, and it's and it's relative to every single one so like what yeah. i find to be de-stressing might not work for matt and what works for matt might not work for jim and so on and so forth 
Um, what are your go-to stress management techniques? Um, I I like to I hit I like to hit I mm. set up the net and I just hit into the, off the tee. Um, and I also will do like a uh, not that I'm not a meditation aspect, but I'll just I'll lay down and just kind of shut my eyes and work focus on. I guess it is an aspect of meditation, but I just focus on my breathing. I do about twenty minutes. Um, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it, it, it ends up being more like a cat nap, but uh, yeah, but because I'll sometimes fall like not asleep, but you kind of just lose track of your breathing because you just do, dozed off a little bit. But um, I'll do that. And I, li- I like to swing. You know, I, I, I think lifting for us sometimes doesn't really it doesn't end up being what it used to be. Right. Just because we're here, we're in the gym, you know, and everything's still going on around. So it's not like I'm able to escape or, you know, clear my head. Right. Um, but I do that. Like I said, when I'm, I hit off my tee. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of do like a 20 minute lay down or whatever, and just focus on my breathing, trying to get things out of my head and, and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of relax. Yeah. And me, I personally, I love like, I, even like a 60 second, like I know a lot of you wear Apple watches and it'll tell you like, Hey, like a quick minute of breathing can help fix your day. And like, it sounds so stupid. Like when you get it and you're just like, gosh, like shut up Apple watch, but it's a hundred percent true because breathing is the only aspect of your autonomic nervous system that you can control consciously like everything else just kind of happens and you're like you can't do anything about it but breathing if you do it well like you'll notice you can slow down your heart rate and you can decrease blood pressure and you can decrease all that excess muscle tone so like i'm a huge proponent of just taking like one to five minutes and just really working on like good breathing and i know they do that a lot in yoga and it's funny because like i used to like just you know bash yoga and i thought it was like the hippie bullshit that they would do and you know be one with mother earth and like all that but they were onto something and they they um obviously were doing it for a reason so like i I like box breathing so like four second inhale through the nose you hold it for four seconds Mm -hmm. then a four second exhale through the mouth you hold it for four seconds and if you do that for 10 breaths like you'll be surprised at how much more relaxed um you can be but again you also be surprised how long it takes you yeah yeah for sure like if you're i mean that's 16 seconds per breath times tens i'm like oh i can't do that for four or five minutes I'm like well you do 10 of them yeah. it's about that you know and it, it's funny too so like one of my favorite sayings is um um so regarding meditation specifically they say like you know someone will say um oh like i don't have 10 minutes to meditate like that's way too long and they say like if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate you should probably meditate for an hour because it goes to show, it goes to show you like how stressed you are and how much you actually need to be doing it um but again like it's it's an under the radar type of thing like not a lot of people will deal with it head on they'll just kind of sweep it under the rug but like if you're if you're like type A and you're like high strung and you're working like 60 hours a week and you're constantly like just mentally burnt out like you're the type of person who needs that the most. You need to prioritize stress management like you would a workout or like you would uh, going to the doctor's office like it has to be a part of your routine um, just because I mean your body responds to mental and physical stress the same way. So like, let's say Matt goes through like a really hard workout, deadlift, uh, you know, lunges, reverse hypers or whatnot. So like his nervous system is like fucking jazzed up. Like he's ready to go. He's in fight or flight right now. Well, like his nervous system is going to respond the same way if like Jack pukes in his back seat and then he gets a flat tire and then like, you know, he gets hit with a unexpected bill from, you know, whatever it may ever. So his body, because of all that stuff is going to respond the same exact way. So like, 
it's it's not like they're not completely separate. So it, like if you if you're completely stressed out, you you have to find a way to to manage it, deal with it. And there's a lot of different ways you could do it. You can you can breathe, you can meditate, you can read, you can go for a walk, you can have sex. Um, like I know that's a kind of an explicit way, but like it's been proven to be one of the best stress relievers out there. So if you have a willing partner, like get down. And then, uh, like, whatever works for you. Go shoot handguns. Go, like, pet a dog. Go, who fucking cares? Like, just do something to manage your stress. Um, anything to add to that one or to any of the 12 rules that we've already talked about? No. Small habits. Be consistent. That is a – that's a, if you can build on small habits, make them consistent throughout your life and throughout your day – you're going to find progress. You're going to feel better. You're going to look better. I mean, that's it. And, 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 you know, we've talked about this before we came on last week, and it's everything seems to come back to consistency and making small habits stick, and that's really what it is. And, you know, you could talk about sleep. It's habits. You can talk about stress. It's habits. Managing this, doing this. Habits, man. Find, find things that you can control or things that you can do that you like and stick to it. Small things. Build, you know build strong bodies and, and, and healthy minds. So, you know, build on top of things. Yeah. I feel like if we could just sum up all 12 rules, it would really just be one word consistency just yeah. for like whatever you do. And it really doesn't even like just pertain to health and fitness, like anything you do in life, like it, it really comes down to just being consistent and kind of being really good at the basics and yeah. kind of hammering them uh, which, regularly. Which and can just sound redundant, but it's, it's the same thing over and over. It's the small things in life that, that gets you where you want to be yeah exactly so it's just it's redundant who what's that bruce lee uh quote he's like i don't fear the man who practiced ten thousand kicks yeah. one time it's i fear one the man kick, who ten thousand times yeah exactly so yeah. like that's that's basically like what it's all about like with fitness you just got to do that one thing over and over and over and just be consistent with it and just carry that over to all aspects of your life and you're you're golden pony boy you're good to go um but uh, if you guys enjoyed the episode and the show, again, share it with a friend, coworker, your priest, uh, whoever it may be. Uh, and then again, if you want any more information on what we do or who we are, visit the website, gritfitnessandperformance.com. Check us out on Instagram, at mm -hmm. gritfitnessandperformance. Same thing on Facebook. Um, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. So we'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a good weekend, kids.